All right. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Embodied Mommy podcast. I'm here with my co-host for the season, Jamie Gray. Hello, Jamie. Hello. I'm so excited for this episode. Yes, I'm excited. I am excited. And we are here with the lovely Jasmine. Jasmine, hello. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here and making the space for this conversation today. So Jasmine, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I always hate this question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm originally a registered nurse and transitioned into a well-being educator. And I teach lifestyle medicine, um, organic nutrition, and womb wellness. Beautiful. And that womb wellness, that is our topic of the day today. Energetics. Yeah. (laughs) Wellness, energetics of the womb space. I feel like this is one of those topics that Jamie and I talked about early on that we're like, Ooh, that's going to be a good one. So glad that we're here today and that you're here joining us. So Jasmine, this season, you know, we're really talking and honing in on the fourth trimester. Is there anything from that time of life for you, from your experience that you feel called to share? I think the fourth trimester actually changed my entire life. Um, So I just really feel called to share that, um, to let moms know that the fourth trimester is a season of healing and to be gentle on yourself. And it doesn't look like how it looks like for everyone. Um, And to really take this opportunity to dive deep within yourself and, and learn yourself as you're learning your new baby, because you are also being reborn during this season of your life. I only have one baby, but I'm assuming that with each child, it's a new rebirth and you're learning new things for yourself. So just be graceful and it doesn't end once the baby is born. Right. Oh yes. And how old is your child? He's, he's three years old now. Wow. Oh, (laughs) such a fun age he's a big boy yeah yeah (laughs) so for our listeners jasmine you know when i think about this topic and i love diving into this topic but the majority of women let's say in this country or around the world only really think about their wombs when they are bleeding (laughs) and it is so much more than that You know what I mean? So if like someone might, our listeners might be listening going, what are they talking about? Can you describe to us what womb energetics and working with the womb means to you? Yeah. So I, ever since I had my baby, that's kind of when I really dove deep into womb wellness. Before that, I uh, was in school to be a midwife and just focusing a lot on the science and, and the body portion of it. And I came across this woman by the name of Queen Afua that introduced me to womb wellness and it is lifestyle medicine. Um, and also I forgot to mention, I'm a yoga teacher and I study, uh, lifestyle medicine in a spiritual way. And um, we like to call the chakra system or the nervous system um, energy center. And one of the, one of the energy centers is actually the womb. It's the sacral chakra. And that's where you're able to create and not only create life, but create um, businesses, create new uh, personas, whatever it is. So that is your center of creation. Um, so a lot of times when I work with with people, they think we only work with pregnant women. Um, and that's not the case. A lot of us hold a lot of trauma in our womb. And a lot of us um, 
repress a lot of things and they manifest as um, symptoms that can be uh, menstrual irregularities or issues that we may have in the bedroom or whatever it is. So this whole center is just an energy center and it's a part of our nervous system. So that is what working with womb wellness is like. Oh my goodness. There's so much here. There's so much to unpack. I feel like also the woman, well, who is the woman that you said you work with? Oh, Queen of Four. Does she have Instagram? Does she, is she on Instagram? She does. She actually teaches um, womb wellness from an, um, an Egyptian point of view and getting really down to the root cause of everything. She's such a queen um, and really teaching women how to heal from the uh, inside out using a holistic approach. Yes. So that was my, one of my biggest inspirations. Have you explored, like, I'm guessing with her like that, where you're saying like an Egyptian background, like indigenous practices, like on my wellness journey, I was loving learning about all of these different ancient womb practices that are done around the world. And it's unfortunate that we're missing a big gap of that here. Uh, what have you explored? I mean, of course, that's a huge question, but like, have you been able to work with other indigenous practices that are still currently embodying this education? Absolutely. First, I currently embody it. My um, background, I'm, I'm Dominican and just getting back to our roots is has been super, super important. Um, in August, we're hosting retreats for women to get back into their bodies and we're hosting it in Dominican Republic so that women can actually get first hands-on experience of what it's like coming back to the culture. Um, I know Queen, Queen of Four works with um, uh, Kemet, um, but I've studied uh, yoga through a, a school called called soul work and that is working with the eastern modalities and then having training in western modalities modalities as a nurse has allowed me to kind of put everything together and most people are saying the same thing um so just understanding uh just the filter of it and maybe having different beliefs and tradition but it all comes down to getting down to the root and honoring ancient practices so that you know where you're going um, because i feel a lot of us in western uh society are very confused and have no culture and and have right. no guidance um right. so really recognizing who who are the teachers who are you learning from where are they getting their information from has been super important um because it helps to keep this very genuine as well. Totally. So with you working in America and us doing this, this podcast here, and I'm just saying that because we can speak for this country. Uh, what are some of the, maybe the most popular issues that women are coming to you with? Because yes. I think our health, the root of women's health has to do with this organ and we don't even talk about it. Like we cut it yeah. off the neck. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so yeah, what are maybe some of the top things that you do here in your yeah, work? So as I've been coaching women for over four years and what I see is most women suffer from low self-esteem, um, low self-confidence. Um, nutrition portion of it is also a huge uh, part of womb wellness. Um, and so those are the two major things that I see and hormone imbalances, weight gain, weight loss, all those things stem from those two things, from your nutrition and from the way that you view your body. Um, and then also from knowledge, uh, learning your body literacy. Most women have no idea. Um, they rely on apps for information, which don't really tell the full story. Um, so that 
those three things, the body literacy, organic nutrition, and um, what else? <laughs> the other thing that I said, body literacy, organic uh, nutrition, and self-love and self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about the nutrition aspect? Are there certain like nutrients or supplements or anything like that, um, that you see, you know, is needed a lot in, in the yes. that you work with? Absolutely. I think um, over 85% of our country in America is malnourished. Um, we are overeating and we're obese, but we're not getting the nutrients that we need. A lot of the times the food that we eat is uh, genetically modified or made in laboratory. Um, so just recognizing that food is actually life force energy and you can eat food for enjoyment and all of these things, but you also need to eat it to um fuel your cells. Your cells are constantly regenerating. So if you're not putting in um, foods that are alive into your body, you're not going to feel your best. And that's going to start coming out and showing up in inflammation. Um, And we talk inflammation, it could be inflammation of the heart can lead to heart attack, inflammation of the brain, stroke, inflammation of the womb, endometriosis, um, PCOS, all of these things um, that you know, your doctor's coming and putting you on medications for, but not really realizing, okay, maybe I should change my diet. And after I change my diet and after I address my uh, personal issues that I have for myself and after I practice my lifestyle medicine, do I still have a problem? Then maybe I should go on medication instead Mm -hmm. of using medication to mask the the systems. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So that's super important that people realize that nutrition is really the foundation of your overall health and wellness. So you can't even take any further steps until you address that. Also how the womb is speaking to us on a regular basis. You know, women have accepted really heavy bleeds and painful periods as normal. We've accepted fibroids. I've been working with that for years. We've accepted the PCOS, you know, and being like, oh, being told you will have trouble conceiving. And, you know, we're kind of just like accepting this information, accepting these, this pain, which mm. I think is, you know, just the 3000 <laughs> years of, <laughs> of what we've been going through. Right. So like what advice, what would be like the first step or the flow you would invite women into when they're kind of waking up to their womb wisdom? I like to call it being like, Oh, my period's talking to me. Oh, my body is talking to me. Oh, my hormones are communicating. These are signals, you know, like what would you say for a woman who's just starting this journey? I think just starting this journey, get around other women that are doing the work, um, start following people uh, and use your, you know, it's hard, but use your discernment and try to figure out who's been studying, who's really embodying these practices and get around them ask those questions, read the books, pay attention to what you're putting into your body, um, what you're feeding your mind as well, read books. Those are the, the main steps that, that we should be taking as a collective and as anyone that's really curious. I mean, just being gentle on yourself on this journey because it, it takes a long time to master yourself when you have no idea uh, what is going on. Right, right. I especially, I feel like with the, the, the line, right? The kind of ancestral line that we're on and how deep some of this goes. It's, it's very, very important to know that this is not like a quick fix, right? This right. is not some kind of magic pill, but it's really a lifestyle. And I love that you mentioned books. I feel like books are becoming like an ancient extinct, past, <laughs> which is so sad because like you said, on like Instagram, 
right? Or, or social media or an app or whatever, you don't know where that person is getting that information from. And unfortunately this day and age, we don't know, you know, what, again, like the full story, not everybody knows how to read research. Not everybody knows, oh, that information is coming from here. Okay. That's a good source or, or something like that. Also, I feel like when you get a book versus a little clip of information, you're getting the whole process, right? You're getting a little bit of the history, a little bit of the background, but then you're also getting, I think, the tools and the understanding of of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I had to go grab my Bible. <laughs> womb awakening for, for those that are can't see us right now it's womb awakening initiatory wisdom for the creatrix of all life it is thousands uh, like i don't know 500 600 pages of like even just putting your hand on it and starting to even you know break down reading it's one of those books where you read one page and you're like it's like everything is an initiation uh, when you really start to go deeply into these practices. And this one is all about, hey, we've been doing this for 10,000 years. The womb is one of the most powerful vessels, organs, and energy centers. It's a gateway to all of the universe. You know what I mean? Uh, we've lost this information. Mm, it's a gateway to life. I mean, that's right. Like this is where life and is created. Death. And death, right? Like. Yeah. We've come so far from death in our culture, but let's say our monthly bleed gives us that opportunity to work with that and to get really close to it. And I, I bring this up and I'll always bring this up because we're not enjoying our bleed where there's so much shame around it. It's still mm-hmm. so like we're suffering through it too. Yeah. Right. Or mm-hmm. medicating over it to not feel it at all exactly. or to plug it up. So we don't see it at all. And I want to bring back the red tent energy of like, let's celebrate this, you know, let us celebrate a woman's first bleed. Right. And even to go for that with the gates, you know, celebrating first time having sex and, and being initiated into these stages. Like these are the eight gates. It's powerful. Sorry. I could clearly go on and on about this. um what was another oh my god I feel like I have so many questions I just want to like be on here with you (laughs) all day um I love it do you in regards to like that initiatory phase or like do you are you coming in contact with any like parents who want to shift the shame around this for their children or are you working with youth are you working with teens on this level So uh, that is a really good question. I, when I first started, I had just given birth. So I was 28 years old. Um, That was my main audience. And then as we've grown, um, the audience is shifting. I actually do have a mom in the retreat that wants to learn these practices, not only for herself, but her teenage daughter. Um, For me right now, I'm shifting and going into colleges. So, because I know a lot of times the women our age, you know, they may be stuck in their ways or not have enough time or whatever it is. And they just really come to us when they're seeking um, help and they're at, they don't know what else to do. But if I can educate women that are in college, this would be a common practice to them. So the younger that we start, the easier it is for us to be more intuitive with ourselves um, and the easier the information can be passed down. 
Yeah. Um, so my little, I guess it's, it's still marketing. It's like, how do we make this cool so that women can know, like knowing about yourself is cool. Being a yeah. queen is cool. So that's where I'm at with it. Um, as we grow, I'm, I hope to reach younger and younger girls and even, uh, men too, because we're, we all need yeah. to be uh, responsible for each other's, uh, knowledge of self. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like especially, I mean, men have a sacral chakra too, right? That's exactly. Under there as well. So it's not even like all and they're still creating. Yes. It's, it, all of this is, is not just specific to women. And I think myself and Jasmine, you have a son and Jamie, you have a son on the way. I have two boys Congrats. and yeah. And also just doing it different with how I'm speaking with them and how I'm going to raise them to, you know, understand like what all these things are instead of, like you said, Jamie, the shame around it. Right. I mean, I remember even 17 years ago or however many years ago it was that Bill and I started dating, you know, even, even that, like, I was like, Ooh, I didn't, you know, don't want to really like talk about my period. Don't want to, you know, Oh, I just can't, you know, can't do those things right now or like whatever, you know, but, <laughs> but it's, it should be talked about. Like there's like, what is the shame in this thing that literally is so natural and so normal right in our bodies. So since we're talking about the fourth trimester specifically, maybe let's talk about some of the changes within the womb space, whether it be physical, whether it be energetic. Um, I mean, I know for me, just thinking right now, that sort of, I'm not, I don't remember the term for it, but sort of like when every, like when everything is sort of releasing after you have the baby, it's not the placenta, but there's that more bleeding. Is there a term for that? Yeah. It's the like losha. Lochia or losha. Yeah. 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 So I remember what, what, not knowing what that, <laughs> no one told me about that. Oh my goodness. I, for my personal story, I went in hoping for a natural birth, prepared for it, ended up with a C-section, uh, but still, <laughs> still had to experience that, that bleeding and, and things like that. And, you know, coming home, wearing a diaper, basically, um, just being in a lot of pain, not knowing how long you're going to be bleeding for. Um, I think those are all important to know that just because the baby's delivered, it's not over. You do have that, that six week period, but then it lasts so much longer than the six weeks. Um, just because your doctor clears you after that doesn't mean that you're okay. So just again, going back to being gentle and, and understanding that your body's going to keep transforming. Um, your hips might not look the same after neither will your breath, or maybe you might have stretch marks this time around, just embracing it all and learning how to, uh, be stronger and not even just turn the pain into power, but turn it into love, um, love for your baby and for yourself as a new woman. Within the postpartum talk, I also feel there's a gap of information about the growth of the placenta, which is an extra organ, right? It's the technically the 13th organ that only we can make in our bodies when we are having children. But then when that is birth to right? And they don't even let it naturally happen anymore. They tug and they pull. Then there is a gaping wound bigger than your head on the inside of your womb. And I only knew that because I study this stuff and I prepared for this. And I'm like, why aren't we sharing that information? Like, this is what you're bleeding from. This is what's healing in there, right? That like detachment of an entire organ, along with the release of the baby that you just had with you for 10 months. I'm like, why are we talking about this? 
<laughs> it's crazy, you know, like, oh, why am I bleeding? Why is this taking so long? How is this shrinking process happening? What does this look and feel like? Uh, I think we just need a lot more education around Absolutely. this. For people. Do you have people coming to you with those like postpartum questions? Like, do you ever have postpartum clients coming to you? I do, but I'm, I'm really shifting in a place where I'm teaching women how to love themselves before they even get to this pregnancy stage at this time, because I think that that was really important. And it's overwhelming to want to learn about your baby at the same time that you're learning about your body. Um, It can be very traumatizing. So trying to figure out how can we add all this information and not scare women off or, you know, trying to learn that you have a big wound that's happening right after you delivered is pretty scary. Totally. Um, Totally. So I, I think that um, maybe if we can go back and, and deliver this information before the mom's postpartum, it'll be way more helpful. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> go to all the women, you know, go to all I, I know I blacked out a lot of my postpartum stuff, like, you know, because you, you sometimes our body needs to, needs to forget so we can do it again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. tricky little bodies. Right. Do you help women with conception? I do. Uh, that's my favorite part, actually getting the, the body ready, getting the hormones ready to um, deliver. Um, I would say even as two years before you're thinking, uh, before you're ready, I, I would start definitely because some women are on birth control and that might take a little while. And it does take a lot to understand your body. Maybe they might use like a fertility awareness method or just want to increase their self-esteem or work through traumas. I would highly recommend working through traumas and mental illness um, before you have a baby, because sometimes it does um, get a little worse while we're going through all of our other emotions. Yeah. I help women conceive. I I help them call in their star children before they come. I had six. Oh, that's beautiful. I had six losses before we had Goldie and it just threw me through the earth classroom of WTF is this. And I knew I was fertile. We were getting pregnant all the time. That wasn't the issue. And I knew I had these like really advanced beings coming to me and I trusted them and I listened to them and I listened to my body. And I went on a deep healing journey to be able to to really do this, which threw me into the research and the understanding. I'm like, I'm writing a book right now, you know, of trying to help people understand the energetic and emotional side of conception. But with that, I'm seeing a lot of research. I'm seeing a lot of statistics. You know, I do think on some level we're in like a fertility emergency on the planet. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and I know people don't want to talk about it yet. I think it will become a bigger conversation in the next decade, but Hey, I have you on the call right now. So let's go there. Like, are you seeing these numbers? Are, are you, you know, just kind of like, Hey guys, what's going on with this like fertility issue we got going on here? Yes. I I see a lot of women having issues conceiving. Um, I see a lot of pickles going on, a lot of endometriosis going on, a lot of trauma, um, a lot of miscarriages, and just a lot of people being scared to give birth, especially women of color so much. We are in an emergency. It's Mm -hmm. a state of emergency for uh, Black women uh, dying at four times greater risk than white women, which is ridiculous. Um, And that's kind of how I started my womb wellness journey as well. My sister um, had preeclampsia just out of nowhere at 29 weeks she had to have brain surgery and we delivered the baby at 29 weeks it was so you know this is such a part of my journey like I had 
no choice but to answer the call. So when I say like, pay attention to your body, really pay attention to your body and some of the things we can't help, but the more that we can have providers that are culturally competent, that are paying attention to everyone, the more that you can pay attention to your body, the better it is going to be for the outcome of the healthcare system and women in general and families. We had, um, I, what was it? Right. Mm-hmm. The other day, oh, and Melissa's who connected us with Jasmine. Oh, Melissa Bali, <laughs> I love her. Yeah. Yeah. It's my girl. That was such a good call too. But she was saying maternal mortality rates are as are higher than we've had in a long time. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, just really being compassionate and educating ourselves. Everyone is responsible for, uh, for it. Right. Um, and I don't want to scare our listeners right now, but I guess, <laughs> sorry, guys. Right. No, 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 no. It's but like, I, right. It's the truth. Right. And my Scorpio rising is like, oh God, let's dig into these topics, people. <laughs> Cause I think we just need to bring awareness and education to it. What right. can people do? Like, you know, I, like we have the having trouble conceiving, then being scared the whole pregnancy, right. Mm-hmm. And then getting through birth and then like, oh, raising this being and keeping it alive for as long as you're like, <laughs> so much pressure. What do you tell your clients for like this pressure that we're all feeling lately? I think everybody needs to meditate and take some time and be mindful and literally meditate an hour a day, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, get off of your phone, get in tune with yourself and your spirit. And you'll have all the answers right there. Um, Meditation helps with anxiety, depression. Um, It helps you find your purpose, all of those things that, you know, from a scientific point of view and from a spiritual point of view, it's all connected. And the more that we are able to be silent, uh, we can recognize our own truths and maybe quiet down some of this madness that's going on in the world. Mm. I love that. And I feel like, and I feel like this is especially the case with moms, because I'm just like, I can almost feel all the listeners right now who have a hard time meditating being like, yeah, I wish I could do that. Not possible (laughs) for me. Mind is too busy. I have ADD, this and that, whatever, right? All these excuses. So I think it's important that everybody remember that you're, you're starting from wherever you're at right now, right? Meeting yourself where you're at right now, but Jasmine is 10,000% correct. We need to dedicate some space to you listening to yourself. That is the only way you'll ever really learn. And once you start to bring that awareness to it, then you can start to learn about yourself, right? And, and figure out what way that works best for you. It doesn't need to, doesn't necessarily need to be sitting in silence for 30 minutes, trying not to think about anything, right? That could be a moving meditation. It could be a breathing exercise. It could be a million different, it could be an energy healing, right? That you're receiving or sending to yourself. I mean, there are so many ways that that can look for you to work up to that 30 minutes twice a day or work up to even 15 minutes twice a day might feel like a lot and seem like a lot, but you know, I think we have to stop being so scared of being alone with ourselves because that's when, that's when the trauma comes up. That's when things really start to come up. When you give yourself that space, I'll never forget one time, well, like this only happened once, but <laughs> I remember one time recently over the last couple of months sitting in meditation and, you know, I didn't really go in with a plan or listening to anything guided. I kind of just sat and I, you know, drummed on my drum a little bit. And then I could just kind of sat in silence, just really asking to receive whatever it is that I needed at that time. And within moments after stopping the music, tears, I mean, just this gateway open and all this like big release, 
nothing even really was coming to my conscious mind about what I was releasing or what I was feeling. It was just like, it just came through and just happened. And I think that can be really scary for a lot of people. You know, I think sometimes people will be sitting in that meditation or with themselves in whatever way. And then things come up and it's like, not ready to touch that one yet, which is why it's really important to have support right? If that's happening, if that's your experience, that is a great time to reach out to, whether it be a, an energy worker, a therapist, or, or whatever that professional is, a good friend who's been on a journey like this before that can understand and you can really, you know, confide in when that happens. But there really are so many ways that that can look like for you. Um, I wanted to share a quick story too. So between, between my two kids, after I had Eddie, I want to say maybe this was maybe a year to year and a half after having Eddie, who's five now or five and a half. And I, I always had very heavy periods, very heavy periods, very long periods, a lot of cramps, this and that. I was on birth control for a bit till I think my early twenties. till I realized how fucking terrible it is. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I finally got off of it. And so when my period came back after having Eddie, it was like back with vengeance, like it was <laughs> so heavy so long. And then I I think I was even spotting in between, like there was, you know, so much happening. And when I went to my gynecologist, my OB, she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You can take, you can go on birth control. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But what else do we have? Well, you can take 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. Um, so taking ibuprofen three times a day for the first three days of your period. Wow. That's unacceptable. She's like, it'll cut your bleeding in half for your period. Like, Okay, back to the drawing board. That's, again, not really the answer I was looking for, but okay. So that was when I really went into some deep healing myself and some really looking inward. And this was around the time that I was learning Reiki and really starting my spiritual journey and healing that. And there were just so many unearthed emotions that I was carrying in that space. And when I looked at the energetic connection between kind of what was happening, what I was experiencing part of it because that sacral and that womb space, right, is so connected to our identity as a female, I was realizing that what I was experiencing was very close connected to the fact that I felt like such a victim Mm -hmm. as the working mom, the breadwinner, the one who no matter what I have a, you know, very present husband, he's a great dad, but it's never the same, you know what I mean, as what a mom is coming forward with, which, you know, we've talked a little bit about before, but you know, so, so realizing like, oh, this is kind of me hating myself as a woman. This is me really, really, you know, not thrilled with the fact that I had to, you know, carry all this responsibility. Um, So once I started to see that in myself, uh, you know, heal that in myself, completely normal periods. And I was, I was curious if that was going to happen after having Charlie, I was like, hmm, I wonder if it's going to be really heavy, really bad. The first, you know, they say the first period you have after having a baby, it's the worst, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Nope. My, it was perfectly normal. I mean, my whole wow. pregnancy and my whole postpartum experience, everything was different with Charlie, my second, but, but everything since, even since that, my period has been a hundred percent regular, totally normal, totally, you know, know, normal, whatever normal means is different for everybody, (laughs) obviously. Right. But it was like, it was incredible. So just really that power of 
again, connecting to, like we said earlier, right, the wisdom that your body holds, what is it trying to tell you through, you know, through these, these messages? So powerful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Thank you for listening. And I don't, I don't think I share that story often. Not that for any reason, other than I guess I have a lot of Doesn't stories. Come to tell. Up. <laughs> exactly. Right. We just hold these stories in. <laughs> We're thinking, <laughs> think about them ourselves, right? <laughs> Along with the emotional journey there, like Alyssa just perfectly demonstrated connecting to the wisdom of the womb and going on that. Um, do you, refer people to explore herbal connections, remedies, teas, supplements? Like, do you guide women on that path? Like back to the story of Alyssa at her doctor's office, birth control or heavy meds that basically (laughs) destroy your liver. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. So do you have any herbal information or guidance? Yes. I don't know if you guys have heard of yoni steaming or vaginal steaming yeah. before. Okay. okay. So get a group of us to do it outside in a forest together. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> so that's after I had my son, I, I started learning about that. I took some courses on um, herbal medicine and finding out what herbs work for different things. Like um, if you're dry, getting peppermint or mugwort or mother's worth all these herbs that we don't know about and I tried to look up you know I was still in my western brain information and research about steaming there was none besides the fact that one woman got burned because you know you're not steaming yourself it's like a facial so you have to really check the water uh the steam temperature and just know that what herbs you're allergic to or if you're allergic or not but what's said is that Uh, The herbs are medicinal and with the steam, it helps to um, break down any inflammation that you have um, in, in your system. And to also helps you like relax, decrease your, your um, pulse rate and just really be in tune with yourself. And it um, just like, excuse me, Alyssa was saying about hating herself and, and this trauma that she's experiencing when you do the yoni steaming, it helps you get more in tune with yourself and, and forgive yourself and love your body a little bit more. So doing those practices and being intentional when using herbs, I think that's super important. Um, obviously, um, you know, with herbs, they, they work, but they're not, um, a lot of times with how should, let me backtrack. Herbs work in a lot of medicine that we use in Western is made with herbs and more chemicals. Uh, But you really want to make sure that you're using a practitioner or an herbalist that is experienced when working with herbs. Um, I do it. I never, um, I don't do it as often anymore. I just refer people to an herbalist or where to get the products, but yoni steaming is something that you can do at home and it definitely works. And sometimes you can even drink it and it'll help. And you can buy kits. I see them everywhere yeah. on Instagram. I mean, I'm the perfect target market for that stuff. So that's <laughs> but there are great kits where they have stools, wooden stools you can get. Just um, the actual, like what keeps the water in and how to lean over it and getting yourself and showing you how to get into like really relaxing yoga poses, basically. Exactly. Get yourself into the body. It's like another form of self-care. And for anyone who's like listening to the, what, what They're is like, what is yoni? going on? Steaming? What's a yoni? What do you mean? What are you steaming? You know, it's like, <laughs> this is an opening, right? This is an opening to the body. And I love that you said the steaming of your face. We think, don't think twice 
about steaming your whole face in something (laughs) right but the minute we bring up vagina it's like out the window right but it's like no this is a opening to our body the same way we take care of our oral care right exactly and to think of this part this other end of our body really both ends of our body in the same way like what care are we bringing down and I think it's just a perfect example we go to the dentist how many times a year or once a year, they say. And then what, what's our only option there is like going to a gynecology appointment, hopefully, and they tinker around in there and bristle. And they get the information <laughs> that they gave me at right. my appointment, which is not helpful at Leaves all. you with little to no options. <laughs> right. You know, so I think this is just a whole nother world of exploring care so in good. this sense. And and going back to ancient, our ancestors and, you know, even people from different countries, they still uh, practice Yoni Sime. And, Mm -hmm. oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, Yeah, we got you. Okay. And they they still do those ancient remedies. So just, just try it. Mm -hmm. Let's say for the person who maybe isn't ready for, <laughs> I'm just picturing like oh, a setup at their house and their, their mate walks in like, what <laughs> are you doing? Um, I even like, how do you feel about like, I, like I love raspberry tea. I, you know, how do you feel about just yeah, like yeah. incorporating teas into your, why heart? not? Exactly. Tea's amazing. Replace the, the coffee with the tea and the tea. If you see a difference in your body. Right. And well, how coffee much- and caffeine is particularly uh, bad for your hormones, right. And your estrogen levels, I believe. Yeah. So that is actually, if you're having any kind of imbalances and things like that, cutting caffeine is actually a really, really great place to start. And again, we're talking to moms here, right? We are talking to moms who are like, fuck you telling me to get away from my coffee. Right. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah. But, but you know, when we think about nervous system, when we think about our hormones, right? When we think about all of this, it's the same as using a medication to mask whatever's going on in your body. You, you know, you don't want to lean on those things as a crutch, right? Especially exactly. if it's contributing to the, the root cause of whatever the issue is. So I think having an alternative like a tea, like an herbal tea and things like that is great because not only are you literally getting the medicine from it, but it's also a really great replacement for something else, which may also, may not be, may not be, but exactly. may also right? Be contributing to, you know, the underlying issue. Also with the tea coming back to the process of it's not an overnight magic pill, incorporating tea into your day, into your lifestyle, into the seasons even, and really watching and tracking. I'm a fan of tracking. I've tracked, I used to run, you know, women's mystery school and menstrual tracking, bleeding tracking, was so powerful. I feel like I really started to step into my feminine power when I was paying attention to my bleed every month, but even also what was happening in the stars with that month, you know, what astrological sign was happening that month? Uh, what time of what season was I experiencing this type of environment, right? Internally and externally. And if for a good example of this, was someone that was in a uh, mystery school with me. She missed periods, but she could never, she never knew when or where, and then was constantly worrying and this and that. And once she started cycle tracking, she noticed that she Mm -hmm. would not bleed 
when the moon was in an air sign, she could only bleed in the water, <laughs> earth, and fire signs, but the air signs just kind of stopped her bleed. And the minute she put this together, like it took her like a year of tracking it and just cycling. And she was like, oh my God, this is a cycle. My body is so intuitive and picking up and sensitive to what's happening externally, like in the sky, right? Wow. She just had, it was like such an empowering moment for her. And I was like, yes, this is the power <laughs> of this. And it's really just being like your own scientist, your own explorer. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know yourself more. Right. You know, what's you- really weird. Um, I only just realized this, I think a, maybe a couple months ago, but since, I don't know if it's since having Charlie or what, but over the last several cycles, my bleed starts on the new moon. Ooh, yeah. Is that oh, what it's, is it, is, yes. is it supposed Mine to be? Too. It really, <laughs> is it connected to the new moon or the full moon? I, I think it can shift. Full moon, but some, it shifts. Okay. Some people do full and then some people do new. And I think it shifts depending on, I don't know, maybe your emotional connection at, mm, at this season in your life. So interesting. But it, it really does. Totally. I think it's so cool. Um, we learn in the mystery schools, it's called like red river and white river, because there is a lot of, a lot, a lot of women will come to me and be like, wait, I don't start my period on the new mood. Is there something wrong with me? I'm like, no, 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 no. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with you, but we have seasons for creating different things, right? So having your period on the new moon means you are then most fertile under that mm. full moon. And I'm pretty sure that one is called the white river. Oh yes. Like a very fertile feminine time, but a lot of women will start their period on the full moon and they'll be bleeding. I'm sorry. Then they will be uh, very fertile in a creative space under that new moon time. And I think that is called the red river. Right. And sometimes uh, it's more fertile for a pregnancy. And for some women, it's almost like project time. What project wants to come out of me? What do I, you know what I mean? So I think it's just so cool again to explore this. And again, if you're hearing this and you're like, wait, I start mine in between those, you know, I I've tracked myself over the years cycling through, um, all of those times, you know, we have your bleed is different from the lunar cycle. So don't compare it to that. The lunar cycle is a 29.5 day cycle and women bleed very differently, right? Some are on 20, 21 days, 28 days, 32 days, just start tracking it would be my advice. Just start playing with it. Just start noticing it and communicating. This is a signal. This is your body talking to you. Especially as a birth control method too. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Especially as. Yeah, definitely. I know we, I know we are on your lunch break and I thank you so much for this. And like, I also want to be like, did you get to eat? Like, have you eaten? Are you I did be- it. <laughs> I'm like, you need to go eat. But I'm like, I can just keep talking and talking. To you. I know at this point we start to say like, I like, even just me, I want to jump through the screen and just hug you for the work you're doing. Aww. I want to know, like, how can I support you or what offerings do you have that we can hear about that you're doing in the world right now? Yeah, absolutely. So right now I am running my retreats. We're all booked for August, but we'll be doing more. Um, And 
those are allowing women who want to learn more about their bodies or want to become womb wellness um, coaches themselves. That's an invitation for them to come in. Um, so we, it's not only for women that want healing, but also that want to heal using a culturally competent approach and using um, an Eastern and Western way of being kind of integrating it in a holistic way. So those are one. That's one of my offerings. And then the other one is we do monthly lifestyle programs, which focus on organic nutrition and lifestyle medicine. Um, to help heal you or, you know, if you are looking to balance your hormones or reset your gut, that is uh, a major thing that we're doing. Um, and then we have pop-up workshops. I'm in Rhode Island. So we have, uh, like tomorrow we have one, it's called Return to Love. It's going to be at the beach. So these are self-love workshops um, catered to, sometimes they're women, sometimes they're men, but it's just to, to help people um, with different coping skills and um, just different ways to love themselves using movement and mindfulness. I want to share all that you're doing. And that's what I do. I have groups and communities of, I help women get their businesses, their sole purpose work and passion projects off the ground and running. And I have uh, Facebook groups filled with a lot of Rhode Islanders. So I definitely want to connect with you so I can share. Oh. But for anyone- Thank listening- you. I know we'll put links in the comments, but um, what's your social handles? Like, what are your names, yep. and social handles? Um, you can find my wellness page. It's 425wellness, um, F-O-U-R, then the number two, and then five wellness. That's the one that we use for everything. Um, and then Jasmine Azevedo, you can put the link there. That's more of my personal brand. I'll share some of my my. Um, my personal life, you'll see my son a little bit and you'll see more of my personality, but then you'll also get a lot of self-love and self-confidence on that page. And our website is fortifywellness.com. And that's when you can, where you can book your healing uh, workshops. I am definitely going to check out all of this. Um, (laughs) Alyssa, do you have any other questions? Do we have any last minute questions? So there was actually kind of a whole other topic that I wanted to bring up that I know we're not going to be able to dig in, but I can't help myself but to verbalize it. So we talked about in the beginning about the creation, how this is such a creation center. One thing that I experienced more so with, again, the second than the first, because I think I'm so different, so much more spiritually developed than I was five years ago. But the fact that during that time, like Jamie, do you see this a lot too? Like I feel like that time is so potent for connecting with your soul work and connecting. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, so again, I know that that's something we could probably talk for another 45 minutes about, but I feel like there's like energetically, there just has to be something about that being so active. Yes. So fresh. So building of the new, we have to feel like something about it. Even the pregnancy, like I'm six months as of today and I am like, in creation mode. Obviously I have a clock that's about to go off in four months and I'm going (laughs) to on mat leave, but I'm like, I have creative juices flowing for me. I am recording. I am doing events. I'm like, I'm on, you know what I, you Mm -hmm. obviously it's like that second trimester energy, but it really flows into the third for me. And then birth for me is like this massive initiation and awakening and then I'll just like see what comes up or what wants to come through me. I usually do like book writing and stuff like that around that time. Um, yeah. And then it's like, I'm a whole new being again. It's beautiful. Exactly. You just it's transformed crazy. all over again. Oh yeah. 
We'll have to bring you back on and keep talking. I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's a little teaser for for next season. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and your brilliance. Really, really appreciate it, you, Jasmine, and all the work that you're doing thank in the world. You. So needed. And for all of our listeners, follow along and definitely share share this information with your with your friends. Pregnant someday may want to have kids maybe their kids are like 30 whatever we all need this information so yeah. so powerful all right thank you everybody thank you thank you bye, bye. ladies